Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Nigel. Um, I'm on the leadership team here, and I have the great privilege and honour uh, of sharing the word with you this morning. Uh, it's going to be a little different, so I hope you're ready for a bit of a ride this morning. Uh, if I can have the first slide out. My sermon this morning is entitled, What Are Friends For? He's doing some frantic nodding here. What are friends for? Come on, guys! I'm I'm meant I'm 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 meant I'm meant to be preaching here. do you say to that, other than we have clearly two stars for Authentic next week? <laughs> thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Jess, thank you. Can I have a round of applause, please? I'm going to hang on to that for a minute. Okay, hopefully, for those of you who know your Bible, will know kind of where that was going or where it came from. Um, let's actually see dare I say, because I was going to try getting these guys to lower the person down uh, from the stage, but actually we thought for health and safety or the roof, we thought the risk assessment on that would be far too long. Uh, So let's see how it was done properly. No disrespect, of course. Uh, If you could play the video, please. sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. Oh, man. Clearly, he hasn't read the Torah. (laughs) Truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in his home. We're we're right. Don't you complain. You're the one who kept stopping for lunch and morning tea and rest breaks and dessert and... (sighs) I'm sorry, I know this was important to you. Hang on. Levi, if you're afraid of heights, raise your hand. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yay! Hey, V! Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do Friend, your sins are forgiven. Forgiving sins? Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up and walk. Get up, take your mat, and go home.
Wow. Oh! Thank you. I don't know about you, but every time I read that miracle, and in fact, even watching that video, causes me to well up. The actions of some friends simply bringing their friend to Jesus not only restored that person's physical health, but restored that person's spiritual health. Wow. Okay. So this morning, I'd like to explore this miracle together, and I'd like to kind of do it looking through two different perspectives, if you like. I'd like to look at it through the friends who carried the man, and I want to look at it from the eyes of the man who was carried by the friends. Okay, that's the plan for this morning. Proverbs 17.17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for time of adversity. Jesus, in John 15.15, calls us his friends. But technically, we're more than friends sitting in this room. Jesus described the church, the church family, as a body in 1 Corinthians 12.27. And in that body, each one of us as a part to play in it. In Romans 12.5, he describes again that this body is made up of one part. So we're all parts, but it is still made up of one body. And it continues, we all belong to each other. We're also brothers and sisters. John 1.12 says, But to all who believed, all who accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Therefore, we're also sons and daughters, brothers and sisters. We're all part of God's family. So while we're looking at friendship and friends this morning, we're also more than friends. We're relations in God. So let's look and explore this miracle together. We're going to start by reading the scriptures. So if you want to find your Bibles this morning, I'm going to be reading from Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Now, this story is found in all three, what they call the synoptic gospels. That's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But I'm going to use the version out of Mark, because in one of the versions, they don't mention the lowering down, which I quite like. I quite like the lowering down. So, Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. A few days later... When Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even 
and outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him, Jesus, since they could not get to to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. What an amazing story. What an amazing story. And yet I believe, as I'm sure you do too, that it's more than a story. This is a real event that took place. We are reading a historical recording of something that happened. So while we might love the animation and feel a bit like we're watching Disney, no, 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 no. This is a real, real event that really took place. So first, I want to think about this through the eyes of the friends. Now, I wonder if you could bear with me. I wonder if you could close your eyes. And I just want to walk us through how they must have felt. What must they have gone through? I want you to picture yourselves involved in that scene. I want you to imagine being one of those four people carrying that pallet. I wonder if he was heavy. I wonder if they were worried they might drop him. I wonder if they were worried about what would happen. Or maybe what would not happen. I wondered how they felt when they got there and they couldn't get in. They'd carried him. We don't know how far they couldn't get in. I wonder if they thought then about giving up. Then one of them, assumably, had a fantastic, bright idea. We'll lower him through the ceiling. I wonder who suggested it. Would that have been you? Would you have been saying, I am not giving up for my friend. I am not giving up. I wonder how you managed to get him onto the roof. 
I wonder if you were worried about criminal damage. I wonder if it hurt your hands as you pulled aside and, as the Bible says, dug through. I wonder if you had thought about how you were actually going to get the person down. I wonder if you wondered what Jesus would do. I wonder about the smells and the noise and the dust and the dirt. But none of that mattered. You just wanted to get your friend to Jesus. Wow. What determination. What faith. And there you have the whole... And you're looking down, and I suspect Jesus is looking up. It says in the Bible, the hole was made above him, so he probably was covered in a bit of dirt. For anyone that's ever taken a ceiling down, trust me, it is not a clean job. And that there you are, lowering him down to the foot of Jesus. You looking down, Jesus looking Okay, if you can open your eyes. What were you expecting? You dug through, you'd achieved your mission. There he was, your friend, in front of Jesus. And you only went with one outcome you were looking for. That he would walk out of that room. That was the only reason you went, period. And then Jesus looks down at your friend. Everyone is holding their breath. Everyone is watching to see what Jesus is going to do next. And then in verse 5, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Excuse me? Sins? Did he say sins? Hang on, hang on. I didn't come here for sins. I came here for a miracle. I came here for healing. Sins? I wonder how you felt as his sins were forgiven. No outward change whatsoever. And yet Jesus had finished, so it seemed. I wonder if you were disappointed. I wonder if you thought, why did I go through all of that? Just so his sins would be forgiven. Wow. I know, I think, at that moment, how I might have felt. Frustrated, disappointed, 
thinking, how am I going to get him out? But here's the thing. Jesus knows that the greatest healing we can receive is not a physical one. The greatest healing we can receive is to have our sins forgiven, to have spiritual healing. Because eternity is a long time. And it is only through Jesus' death and resurrection and a forgiveness of sins through that that we have eternal life. For Jesus to forgive sins, he had to pay the ultimate price. That was why for him the healing of sins is so, so important. He also revealed in that moment, I am God. Something he had tried, if you like, to hide at times. He spoke in riddles about who he was. But in that moment, in forgiving sins... He said to the world, I am God. Now, what's interesting on the video, you'll notice the character, one of the religious leaders of the time, turns to his mate and says, who does he think he is? Interesting. I guess they had to do that on the video. But if you look at your verse, if you look in your Bible, sorry, in verse 8, verse 6, now, some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves. Thinking to themselves. They didn't say a word. And yet here is one of those mystery words of knowledge. That miracle Jesus knew what they were thinking in their hearts. Verse 8, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. Another miracle. But Jesus doesn't leave that man just laying there on his mat. He didn't just leave that man laying there. There is a beautiful verse, one of, I think, one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible, where it says, Jesus saw the faith of his friends. The man wasn't healed by his own faith. He was healed by the faith of his friends. Wow. Wow, what a privilege we have that we can bring healing to our friends. Not because they have faith, but because we have faith. Wow. Their actions, their actions alone brought about not only that man's spiritual healing, but also his physical healing. Their actions 
the actions of friends. This got me thinking, was this a one-off? Was this a one-off? And then I started having a look around the Bible. How many other instances are there where the actions of a friend caused the healing of someone else? Who can remember the centurion servant? We find it in Luke 7. The centurion sends friends, so they're not, he doesn't go himself, he sends his friends to say, just say the word Jesus and my servant will be healed. The servant didn't go. The servant didn't go. The friends of the centurion went. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Why? Because Martha and Mary sent for Jesus. Lazarus couldn't ask for healing because he was dead. His friends asked for healing. The royal official with a dying child asked Jesus to come in John 4. Jesus says the word. Jairus, I could go on. There are so many examples in the Bible where family and friends went to Jesus on behalf of somebody else and Jesus acted. Wow. I wonder at times if we feel a bit impotent, not able to do something. My friend will never come to Jesus. I've tried everything. I wonder. Who do we need to bring to Jesus this morning? Right, let's look at the miracle through the eyes of the paralyzed man. We don't know how long he was paralyzed. We don't know how he became paralyzed. We don't know if he asked his friends or his friends simply picked him up and legged it. However, we do know that when he was lowered through that roof, he couldn't see what he was being lowered into. He had to trust his friends. They weren't going to drop him. He had to trust his friends. They kind of knew what they were doing. And I wonder, as he got lower, did his pulse rate get higher? And then, there he was on the floor, looking up. And he saw Jesus looking down. Maybe the first time he had seen Jesus face to face. And what does he hear Jesus say? Your sins are forgiven. I wonder how he felt. I wonder how he felt. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But I know how I felt when I found out my sins were forgiven. When I gave my life to the Lord, knowing my sins were forgiven, were amazing. They were life-changing. They were transformative. So while he may have gone wanting to dance or twerk out of that room... 
I wonder in those moments of laying there on that mat, was he dancing inside because he knew my sins are forgiven? I wonder this morning, are there people here this morning that don't know their sins are forgiven? Then there will be an opportunity this morning. There will be a chance for you to go to Jesus and hear him say those words through his Holy Spirit to you. And then what I consider the most exciting bit, he looks down and says, take up your mat, go home. Wow. I wonder how it felt when suddenly he could feel his fingers and his toes and his knees and his legs. I wonder how it felt to suddenly find this body come to life. Amazing. Can I have the next slide, please, Al? In conclusion this morning, Jesus said this, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. On Friday, March the 6th, 1987, the MS Herald of Free Enterprise capitalized in just 90 seconds as it set sail from Zeebrugge. 193 people tragically died. However, thanks to someone called Andrew Parker, 22 people survived as he formed a human bridge and allowed people to crawl over him to safety. I took that photograph standing on the tube. And for anyone that's travelled on the tubes a lot, you'll know some of those gaps really are big. They're not just a little one, some of them, it's a real step. I wonder in life if we spend more time minding the gap than bridging the gap. I wonder if we need to stand down and let our friends and family crawl over us if necessary to get to Jesus. In Jesus there is healing like no other. Not just physical, not just emotional, but spiritual. Jesus has the gift of eternal life in his hands. Are we minding the gap or are we bridging the gap? I had a line on here that I wasn't sure if I was going to read because I didn't want to offend you. But I wonder if we have become a generation of justifiers, of justifying inaction. I wonder if we've become a generation of what-ifs. What if nothing happens? What if Jesus doesn't turn up? What if they don't get healed? How will I feel? How will they feel? I wonder if we justify in the end doing nothing. I believe Jesus is saying to us he doesn't want excuses. He wants to see demonstrations of faith.
Those friends demonstrated their faith by breaking through a roof. What are we breaking through for our friends? What are we digging through? So maybe this morning you need spiritual healing for yourself. You want your sins to be forgiven. Maybe this morning you need physical healing. There's a part of your body that's just hurting. And maybe this morning you have friends and family that need this too. We have opportunities every day. But this morning I want to encourage you. Hal, if we could play some music, please. We don't have any roofs to break through this morning. But are you prepared to stand just where you are? And in that action, stand there for someone. Whether it's a family member, a friend, I don't know. But who are you going to stand for this morning? Who are you going to bring into the presence of Jesus this morning? Because I believe he will heal people. He'll set people free. We just need to bridge the gap. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to leave some space. And if you want to stand in that period, then I'd encourage and invite you to do so. Break through for your friends and family. Bring them to Jesus. Let him see your demonstration of faith this morning, I pray. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you here this morning. I want to thank you. I want to thank you for the healing you've given to me. And you know I have friends and family that don't know you, and that breaks my heart. So I'm standing here this morning, Jesus, because I'm bringing them to you. Father God, help us not be justifiers of inaction. Help us to bridge the gap every day. Help us be that body that people can crawl over to get to you.
And this morning, if there is people here that want spiritual healing for themselves, if you want that forgiveness of sins, then where you are in your heart, simply call out on Jesus. Jesus said, anyone who calls on my name will be saved. Then call on his name this morning, I pray. Jesus is welcome with open arms to forgive you.